It's a blessing to be here. Christ is born. Al-Masih wulida famajidu. I wasn't quite sure whether to come to church tonight because I'm quite busy. I have some paperwork to do, some messages to read and respond to, and of course, I'm looking forward to a nice Christmas dinner. Besides, I figured I usually go to church on Sunday and, uh, you know, that should be enough. But despite all these busy plans, it's great to be here with each other on this Thursday night. But, as we know, it is not just any Thursday night. It is Christmas night. The night we celebrate Jesus' birth. As with other church events, we do not celebrate the birth of Jesus as a past event. We celebrate it as happening here, today, right now, with us present, as personal and living witnesses to this wonderful event. That's what makes it extra special. People waited thousands of years for the birth of Jesus, whom in the Old Testament they called the Messiah. And the word Jesus means he who saves. So the Messiah who was prepared for and who came to save the world. And we hear these words so often, we sometimes get desensitized to just how rich and how powerful and how significant they are. Because we celebrate Christmas and we take it for granted. But throughout the Old Testament, people waited for the Messiah, for the Savior, but they did not see him. But we are privileged to welcome him tonight into the world and into our lives as both our Messiah and as our daily Savior. The reason these two words are very important is because the word Messiah refers to a fulfillment of a promise of the Old Testament. The fulfillment of the promise of God that he promised for thousands of years and finally this Messiah was born. And we could understand this word in a variety of ways, as someone special who was born. But the words Messiah and Jesus the Savior are very important to be seen together because he is our Savior. He's not just a historical figure of the past who happened to have said or done something. He's only Jesus the Savior when we welcome him in our life and acknowledge him as the fulfillment of the prophets of the Old Testament, but also of the continual fulfillment of God in our life and our daily response to him as our Savior. This theme is present in today's readings, but also throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. We read from the letter of St. Paul to the Hebrews, first two verses speak about the privilege that we have that others did not have. In many ways and in various ways, God spoke of old to our fathers by the prophets. But in these days, he has spoken to us by a son whom he appointed the heir of all things, 
to whom also he created the world. A basic element of our Christian faith is that the God who created the world, the entire world, became flesh in the womb of the Virgin Mary at the Annunciation, March 25th. And then after nine full months in the womb, was born as a humble, simple, and obedient child. As the King of Kings and as the Prince of Peace, he could have been born to wealthy parents. He could have been born in a palace. He could have been born in so many ways. And he could have had access to the most comfortable living conditions, not only of his time, but conditions that would surpass anything anybody would have ever seen. However, he chose to be born to a poor family, to a mother who, as St. Luke tells us, wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them at the inn. Even at the lowliest places, they didn't have a place for him. And that further shows to us what we call the condescension, the humility of God. He did not just come to earth and live in comfort. He came to earth and lived in absolute simplicity and the most basic way that sometimes we might find surprising and um, not too appealing. Sometimes, unfortunately, these religious concepts seem a little too complicated. And if you've ever had that experience, it's quite okay. Feel okay to realize that these are not necessarily very intuitive thoughts that we just sort of understand automatically. However, this is important to recognize that we don't understand these things intuitively, but we need to go a little further. And that's why reading the Bible is so important and reflecting on the mystery of Christ, reflecting on what God has done in our life helps us to not only see these as abstract concepts, but as actually essential ways that God has communicated with us. It may be easier to think of Jesus as a good teacher, because there are many teachers, and some teachers have certain followers, and others have other followers. It may be easier to think of Jesus as a healer. Everyone needs to be healed. Everybody has something physical or spiritual that they want to be healed in. And when we turn on the TV, we turn on the internet, we turn on whatever, we're promised all sorts of healings. So maybe Jesus is just one more of these many um, miracle workers who healed. Or perhaps if he had a YouTube channel, his wisdom would go viral. It may be easier to see Jesus as a wise man because today we're looking for inspiration that lasts 30 seconds or a minute and um, we get excited over a word or two that is thrown out at us. All these things might be much easier to think of God as when he came in the flesh. All of them wouldn't be bad. But the question or the celebration of tonight, is how could Jesus 
be God who came in the flesh. This is much more significant than just a random person who walked around inspiring people. This is what we call the mystery of the incarnation, the becoming flesh, which is one of the basic elements of our faith, even though it sounds sometimes too obscure for us or for others. But on this day, it's very important to try to see this in a very practical way. There's a great story that makes this importance, that makes the importance of this event very relatable to our day-to-day lives. And ironically, something very similar happened to me um, once when I was in the office. And I'll share, share the story and what happened to me. There's a story of a man who refused to go to church with his family during Christmas and go to church in general because he thought this idea of God becoming one of us was far too abstract, far too difficult to believe, and kind of just a little strange. So what he did was he stayed at home and he pitied his family for wasting their time and everybody else who spends time in prayer. But then as he was sitting in the kitchen, a bird flew into the window and fell to the ground. He looked at this bird and wondered whether the bird was okay. And when the bird flew away, he put something on the glass so that another bird would not hit the glass. But then, a few minutes later, the same bird came back and flew into the same window again. So this man put on his jacket, went outside to scare the bird away, hoping it would not come back and hit the glass again. But once again, the bird flew back into the window, and unfortunately, this last time, the bird died. The man went back inside his home and felt so bad that he couldn't do anything. He tried. He put something on the window. He tried to scare the bird away. He tried to even talk to the bird. He thought to himself, I tried to get the bird to not hit the window, but it didn't work. If I could have become a bird, I would have told the bird that he was going to die if he keeps hitting the window. He repeated to himself as he was sitting there sad at what had happened to the bird. If only I was a bird, I could have saved this bird's life. I said something similar happened to me when my office was open. A bird flew in, started flying around. And here I'm trying to tell the bird, be careful, don't hit things. I wasn't worried about my office. I was worried about the bird and realized that if only I could have a way to communicate with that bird, that bird would be okay. So the man realized that our Christmas celebration, that God became one of us, is very much like things that we experience in the world where we want to enter into a situation in order to help that situation. If he could have become a bird, he would have become a bird. And we are birds, in a sense, who unfortunately keep flying into the window. God gave us many signs to to tell us that if we keep flying into the windows, we will get hurt and we could potentially die. 
In the Old Testament, God sent the prophets as messengers, and God continues to send us people who remind us of God's love. Regardless of how wonderful these messengers and role models are, they are only partially successful, so at the right time, God decided to become one of us. That's the incarnation. Those are the messengers of the Old Testament that God sent, and finally God said, I'm going to become one of them. St. Paul speaks about this in his letter to the Galatians. When the time had fully come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. When the man realized that his desire to become a bird in order to save the bird is very much like God's desire to become one of us in order to save us, he ran to church to celebrate the beauty of this very, very profound yet very simple mystery of faith and mystery of God's love for us. We read in the Gospel of St. John, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God sent the Son into the world not to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. So today we celebrate that God became one of us, that God wants to save us, and that God continues to be with us in very practical ways. However, this is only the beginning. God is with us in the flesh, and God is also with us on our spiritual journey. God continues to be with us in spiritual readings and in the Bible. When we read the Word of God, we learn more about God, and we continue to reflect on the many ways that God not only has appeared, but continues to appear to us. Also today, as we remind ourselves that God is with us, we want to ask ourselves whether we are with God. This is the continuation of that relationship. The Gospel of John tells us to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God. God became one of us in order to get closer to us. What are we doing to bring ourselves closer to him? Challenge yourself to learn more about your faith and to realize that regardless of what you know, there is always more, a little more, and a lot more that you need to know. Realize that regardless of how much we love God, we can always love God more and find more ways to serve him. This is for a very simple reason, that we are entering and we are in a living relationship with the Lord. The man who saw the bird flying to the window wanted to become a bird to save the bird's life. God became one of us because he wants to save our lives, but more importantly, he wants to invite us into a living and loving friendship with him every single day. You definitely have a lot going on in your life, but it is a blessing that you have made time for God 
in your busy schedule. Today as we get together, perhaps we will go home and sing Christmas carols. Perhaps we will overeat. Perhaps we will get tired and, um, and then sleep a little early. But above all, let us remind ourselves that, is, if, that, is, that if this is all we do, we have fully missed what Christmas is about. We are celebrating the birth of our Lord, God, and Savior Jesus Christ. We are celebrating his appearance in humility to us. We are celebrating his immense love for us. We are celebrating all these as happening here, as happening today, and as happening with each and every one of us as personal witnesses. Let us take this opportunity to offer our lives once again to God, who offered his life for us. It is only in this way that we will be truly celebrating the depths, wisdom, and love of the nativity of Christmas. Christ is born. Glorify him. Al-Masih wulida. Fa majidu.